Welcome into Inside the Den, your look inside Lee's McRae Athletics. Inside the Den is produced for the sole purpose of keeping Bobcat fans in the know and can be found on our website, lmcbobcats.com, or on SoundCloud. Just search Lee's McRae Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tim Hall. Welcome back, Bobcat fans, to Inside the Den. And in this series that we are continuing forward on with preseason talk with all our coaches, uh, today we have the men and women volleyball coach, Caitlin Bullock. Caitlin, welcome back to Inside the Den. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back on. All right. Well, we're going to get right into it. And today we, we get to talk about two teams, not just one. Uh, you have expanded your responsibility. And what? It was about a year ago, around this time or so, I think you took on that responsibility of not just the women team, but also the men. And now you've been with them for about a year or so. Uh, what has that experience been like for you now that you've sort of doubled down on your responsibility? Um, it's been a ride to be honest. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Um, obviously, I mean, it's a lot of time management on, um, the coaching staff's in, but I mean, honestly, it's been fun learning both teams and they're, in, they're two very different teams and two very different groups, um, with different personalities. And, um, but I mean, the biggest thing is just like, you know, if I have one team come in, I have another team coming in right after and, just a big family atmosphere that I really enjoyed having. And it's just like, I call on my kids all the time because I literally feel like they are. And so it's, it's, it's been really fun and really interesting and it's really cool to see them grow and kind of see them buy in and uh, see them create that family atmosphere. It's just, um, I can't, I can't ask more of it um, for what I've gotten from both teams. And um, I'm excited to see where it continues to grow and go. Here's a question I get pretty often. I'm going to put it to you uh, just to throw some more uh, uh, thought and opinion about this out there, and that is with the team that I coach, I, I was talking to you before we started recording about how the cycling team, it's one big team, but I've got many teams within this team. I've got a man team, I've got a women team, but then I've break that out into mountain bike and cyclocross and road and different disciplines. And the question I get often from others is, you know, how do you work with the men and then work with the women? What are the unique differences and challenges and how do you as a coach handle the uniqueness of those two? And it's not an easy answer. Uh, you learn as you go, but I'm curious for you, what have you found in this past year that you have had to maybe perhaps make subtle changes to how you would communicate and work with one versus another is there anything that you're seeing in that that you've learned okay i need to i need to alter my approach in this situation um i, I honestly feel like having two teams that's probably the biggest lesson is i keep learning every day um mm -hmm. and i'm having to adjust and adapt um i mean people ask me that all the time uh how do you coach the difference between the two programs and technique and style and stuff like that and the uh, the amount of practices are, are pretty much the same i do coach them very similar um i think i've had to adjust my tone um a lot and not i not necessarily have my expectations so high but to kind of be you know be okay with the mistakes and be okay with hey this is the failure okay so how do we learn from this failure where necessarily i have been okay we failed 
all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to run. Okay, well, let's see how that failure, how can we learn from that failure to make it better the next time? And that's something I've really tried to incorporate in both teams um, and the men's team, especially. I mean, uh, there's a couple of times where you can see it in their face that they're like, crap, I messed up or crap. I, and then you can kind of see that doubt um, and you have to kind of bring them back to being like, hey, like you can do this. Like you were, go you were a great player. You're here for a reason. Um, let, let's do it again and let's let's rock it. And being that kind of going back and having that aspect on things has helped them kind of say that failure is okay in times and making the mistake is good because you learn so much from it. Um, and the girls I've kind of where I've been very, very hard on them in the past. Um, I've tried to lighten up a little bit. Um, and so it's just adjustment on my ends to just try to adjust my coaching style to, you know, the level of play we're at, where we want to be and, um, it's constant adjustments, but I think that would probably be the biggest thing that I'm trying really hard to incorporate because that's also a big lesson in life too. That they can take outside of volleyball is, you know, failure is okay. Mistakes are okay. It's just what you take from that failure and that mistake, um, to grow from it and to make it avoidable in, in the next time. Yeah. I usually reply that it does boil down to how you communicate and, mm -hmm. and, and what you communicate. And, and even if you only coached one side or the other only exclusively, you still have unique differences within those individuals. You know, you have women that you could be tough on and you have some others that you need to build up more and right. vice versa. And you have to learn that as a coach. There's no one size fits all. I mean, you will mm -hmm. run into constant trouble if you just try to apply the same approach in every situation. And you're right. right. I have also found that the skill set and the techniques and, and the real true fundamentals of sport do stay consistently the same. You may have strength differences or speed differences uh, within a given gender or, you know, one versus the other. But, yeah, that communication uh, mm -hmm. aspect is the most important because that's how they're going to respond, you know, yeah. is, is through that. So, well, uh, I've been in this game a long time, and I can tell you that uh, that doesn't stop as far as how you have to learn how to do that. So, right. uh, you know, as long as you're in it for the long haul, uh, you're going to be a much more effective coach. You've identified that pretty early. That's good to hear. So, okay, well, let's, uh, let's drill down. We are back on campus. Your teams have been getting after it and practicing. Uh, when did you start practice? And, you know, what has that been like for you all uh, since we've been back and you're prepping for the seasons ahead? Oh, shoot. I don't even know what day it is, so I couldn't even tell you the exact day we started practicing. Um, but, I, I, I mean, we pretty much started. They came back from break, and um, we hit the ground running probably a week after New Year's with the men's team and then two weeks after the New Year's Eve day um, with the women's team. So um, we've been going at it pretty pretty hard since then and um, coming back, knocking some of the rust off and, um, you know, getting prepared and kind of like getting in the mindset of, oh, we're in a season. Um, cause it's very different. It just has a different feel to it this year. Um, so getting them in that season mentality, especially for the girls when they're not used to competing in the spring. Um, and then the guys, I think this is the year for them to kind of rename themselves and, you know, let, let them have a new culture and a new look to what Lee's McCray men's volleyball looks like. And, um, I think that's a big part of what they're preparing for. Um, but so far, I mean, it's been great. Um, we've had, we've 
push, had a lot of tough practices, um, pushing them and try to put them in competitive situations. Um, and creating our own energy in the gym has kind of been a big mindset in our gym in general. Um, because of the year we're in, you know, we have to create our energy and volleyball is a momentum based sport. Um, so just having that in practice and that intensity and that momentum in practice and competing, um, has been pretty big, but also we focus a lot on the fundamentals and the technique, um, doing a lot of passing and holding and serving and, um, working on, you know, hitter setter connections, stuff that it kind of is, you know, a little bit slower pace in practice with things that we really need to key in on um, to get better. Um, but overall, really great. They've had a lot of energy coming back. And um, I think they're all very excited, just the opportunity to show up in a gym. Um, and that's something we preach every day, too. It's like, hey, we're here. Now let's let's some, let's play some volleyball. Like, let's have some fun with it. Um, and seeing them learn each other, um, kind of like you said, like each player is different. Um, and that's something we really drill into them also is, you know, every player is going to be different. You can, you can, you can't yell at a Hannah Steckler, but you can, you can drill into a Caitlin Smyrny. You can yell at an Ethan Gardner, but you can't really drill into a Michael Marsans. Um, you know, different players like that and knowing, knowing how you can talk and how you can be with each teammate. Yeah. Well, that brings up a great point is that, again, the athletes, of course, we're coaching them, we're teaching them, hoping that they uh, work on these things, improve, but we all, uh, we coaches are also learning as we go, as far as how to be effective towards each individual and what their needs are, and uh, it's a, such an important part, and I, I found, you know, what you said about um, just energy and bringing that to the table, now these kids have been out of competition for so long, and now they have this opportunity, and there's not going to be any fans, and it, you know, that's for all of us as far as uh, uh, you know, sports on courts and fields go. And I, it's going to be really critically important that each team generates, literally generates their own energy for that competition because it's not coming from the seats or the stands. Uh, you know, how how are you going to be able to do that with your squads? Uh, when they know that, hey, it's just us and them. Right. Um, it's. I think it's harder right now trying to get that in their head because they haven't had that scenario where it's like, okay, we're in the game day scenario and there's nobody in the stands. Um, so it's hard to kind of say, hey, let, let's, let's practice that because, like, that's a normal practice for them. So um, I, they, I think they're really over me saying, hey, let's talk like, Hey, let's, let's get like talk, 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 energy, energy. And I'm me and Abigail are on the sidelines, like, woo, like on our hands, our knees, like, like screaming, like when they get a block. And I think that comes from us a little bit, creating that energy. Um, you know, I, I think we're working very hard as a coaching staff to incorporate that energy and incorporate how excited we are to see them play. Um, and hopefully, you know, if I can sit there and, you know, get down and, praise them for a stealth block and Abigail's doing the same thing. And then hopefully they can do it together. Um, you know, they have a three second rule where they come in the middle and they celebrate the good and the bad um, every time it play ends. So that's something we've incorporated too, um, just to make sure that, you know, regardless you have each other. Um, so fans aren't that important um, when you have, you know, your, your brothers and your sisters around you that are supporting you and they're always going to be there. And that's, that's something they can't take away. So that's something that we focus on too. That's a great point. Yeah, I, I think more so than ever, the benches and the coaches are going to be critically important to help raise that energy level and that vibe and, you know, and, and bring some excitement uh, off the court to keep the people on the court excited and, and, and engaged. Uh, speaking of coaching staff, you have a new assistant coach. 
Uh, you've got Abigail King. Tell us a little bit about her and what she brings to the table. Oh, gosh. I don't think I've laughed so hard in the past time that she's been here since I've been at Lee's McCray in the office. I think Craig is kind of sick of us because he's right next door to us. And so we're always hackling about something, whether it's like we messed up the coffee maker. Um, she's been a great piece for me. Um, I can't speak highly um, enough about her. I mean, she's been huge for, you know, the the team having a second opinion. Um you know, she's worked really closely with our setters and our offense, and I think it's been a game changer. Um, they have someone to kind of go to and get that, hey, you saw this, like you were able to watch me, where normally it's like me watching 18 different people, and it's it's hard to focus on one key thing. So she's had a lot of input there. Um, you know, she's she's bought into what our goals are, and she sees that we can give you that program on both sides to reach our goals. And I think that's the biggest thing about her. She's just as passionate about it as anybody else. And she's been here for, you know, the shortest amount of time. Um, but I mean, regardless of, I know she's talented. I know she's going to do great things in her career. And I can't wait to see what she does as a coach. Um, and at least McCray and, you know, she's, if it's, if it wasn't for her, we're, we're not, we're not going to be as successful without her. Mm -hmm. um, she's a big piece to our puzzle that's been missing. So I'm very, very thankful for her. But at the end of the day, the laughs going to um, get, you know, Dunselli or lunches and um, eating all the chocolate in the candy bowl. And we shouldn't like th that's the time <laughs> that I'm going to cherish with her the most, because it's, it's just a fun environment. And I think our kids see that too. Well, I think, uh something that gets overlooked or not considered we know it you know it I know it us other head coaches know it is that our our own personal work environment is crucial to us enjoying our job and mm -hmm. I mean I have a I've had I've been fortunate to have really good uh, assistant coaches number one but two people that I want to work with that I enjoy yeah. working with and also just being around uh, I think that's really important and you know, on this podcast, we haven't put enough focus on our assistant coaches. I want to do more of that in the coming weeks so that people get to know them and what and how they help us head coaches do our jobs. There's no way I could do what I've been doing. I'm sure you're learning now, too, that like you said, I mean, one person can only cover so much ground. You need support. Right. You need help. And to have an extra set of hands and eyes and ears uh, to oversee such a big job, which it, for you, you've got these two teams. And it's good to hear, you know, that, uh, one, it just makes the job more rewarding when you've got someone yep. that you can relate to like that. That's cool. Uh, okay, so now let's let's uh, put some focus on, on – uh, I want to start off with the men team because the guys have already played a game and – uh, you know they've got uh, they've got some some games coming up. Your ladies are going to start here soon in a little over a week. But you got one game under your belt. Uh, you didn't win. You lost that match. But mm -hmm. you know what are some takeaways from that? What what did you learn? Wh how are you going to be able to use that one going into the the next three matches, which are which are going to be at home? Right. Um, that match, honestly, I think was the best thing for us. Um, and again, it comes back to us talking about failure, um, and making, you know, maybe the loss was probably the best thing that happened to us. It kind of put us back and being like, okay, we have to work. Um, and so a big thing we took away from it is earned, not given. Um, what the LMU team play that we played is a very talented team. Um, I, we never took that away from them. We knew that they were going to be a tough match. Um, they have some very athletic players and some very good players, 
Um, we knew we were going to have to focus on us and do what was do things that were successful for us to win the game. Like we weren't going to be the hardest hitting team, but how could we outdig them? How could we outshot them? And you know, that's things we didn't do. So that's been a big focus this past week on, okay, let's not look at the, how good the team is anymore. Let's not focus on the opposite team. Obviously we're going to respect every team that we come across, but we're not going to fear them. Um, we're going to go into it. We're going to go in with the winning mindset and we're also going to go into it, okay, how can Lisa McCray men's volleyball win that match? Um, and so that's been a big focus is, okay, we are going to outshot people. We're going we're gonna to make our serves instead of missing 14 like we did in LMU. It was a lot of unforced errors. So, like, that's a couple of things that we focused on. And, you know, I think they came to the realization, like, hey, like, we can win matches. We just got to win it our way um, and until we get to that, that stature that LMU's at where they've had the time to kind of – put it all together and be a well-oiled machine, we are still trying to figure out and put those pieces together. Um, so, but there's some pieces that, you know, compared to last year when we're, when we went there and played LMU, I mean, it looks like a completely different team as far as the pace of offense, you know, the things that we did do great, like some of the blocks that we did have, some of the defensive plays and scrappiness we did have. Um, I was very proud of them for those moments. And I just said, Hey, those are great moments. Now let's take away, from the moments that we didn't execute and put it together. Yeah. Um, so that's been a big mindset going into these next few games and um, gearing us up for conference play for sure. Yeah, well, you you already just you just answered one of my questions about just the growth maybe they've met. What have, how have they grown the last year? And you just highlighted some things. And I think you bring up a couple of points, uh, and this is something I've always emphasized is, is, you know, don't focus so much on what you can't do. Let's let's work on what you can do. Right. And, and, and then – on top of that, control what you can control. You know, you can't control the competition or how good or bad they are. You can, you can control yourself and your team and how you work together. And if you can just focus on that uh, and get good at that, then that gives you a shot, you know, and then right. continually improve. So it sounds like the guys are going in the right direction. And it is, a, you know, when you're coming from where they've been to where you want to go, Oh, it's such a painful process. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going through the fire every single day, every game to get to that spot, you know, that right. spot where you're really coming together and working on all cylinders. You've got a big schedule ahead for the guys. You've got 22 total matches. Conference championships begin April the 8th. Preseason, you're picked sixth. I don't know that that means anything, but <laughs> – you know, what What for you and the guys are they looking at and say, okay, the, the, you know, I'm a big believer in begin with the end, the, with the end in mind, you know, right. ha have your end goal and then you just strive for it and you might get there, you might not. You're going to get better either way. What for you and the guys are they looking at going, okay, this is our goal and, you know, after this season be able to say, all right, we made progress this year. It's not what we right. want, but it's progress that's going to build into next year. Because when I look at your roster, I mean, you got three freshmen and seven sophomores yeah. and only one senior. So that's huge. So that's, I'm saying a lot there, uh, and you can deconstruct that. But uh, I think it looks on paper as if whether they realize it or not, I know you know this, they have a big opportunity ahead of them. Yeah. You know, not just this year. Yeah. Um. I, I'm so proud of this team and we have only started. Um, they have bought in 
they work their tails off. Um, and I think it's just putting the puzzle pieces together. We have goals in mind. Um, I didn't really mention anything to them about preseason ranking because in my opinion, I didn't really see it as something for them to really dial into and to kind of harp on. Um, again, it goes back to focusing on us. Um, I think their biggest goal is to not just scrape in and be the last seed and for people to be like, all right, well, we're the eight seed. We're releasing McCray. We got that win. Um, I think that's a big goal. They want to make it past that first round. Um, and that's something they vocalize. And they want to make it past the first round and really compete against the teams to show them that we're not just going to roll over. We're going to be a team that fights and we're going to go down scraping and <laughs> chomping at the bit. Um, but it's not going to be a team that you recognize. Um, and that's our biggest goal is to be be a team that, you know, is not no longer taken as a joke, no longer taken as, you know, just walking over. We want to be top in the conference and we want to go outside of conference and compete. Um, you know, eventually we want to be in that conference championship spot and, you know, get that bid to the national tournament. And that would be incredible for this team. Um, the alumni have expressed to the guys, you know, that they, that's been a connection process and, you know, getting the alumni back on board and communicating and they're like, heck yeah, like let, let's do it. Cause we, we know you guys can do it. And so, um, just having them believe that and, you know, reaching our goals and we take it one goal at a time. So one game at a time is kind of imperative, but also too, we're focusing a lot on conference. What does conference look like? It's pretty wide open conference, but at the same time, pretty talented conference, um, so, I mean, it's anybody's ball game, in my opinion. I, I believe, but I'm biased, obviously. <laughs> I believe that we, we are owed just a shot at the top two than anybody else. Um, it's anybody's game, anybody day, um, and anybody can be beat on any single day. So um, that's hopefully what our guys are learning. Um, and if we can put it all together, I think it's going to turn into an awesome season for them. Yeah. Well, you've got a youthful squad. and. Yep. Uh, as a coach for many years, I've learned that culture and mindset are right there at the very top of priorities. And if you don't have that, doesn't matter if you have amazing talent and skill, you're just going to fall to pieces at some point. And so, yeah, focusing on culture and mindset and those beliefs behind it are going to be crucial for their long-term growth and success. So you've got that going in the right direction, which is which is great to hear. And, and yes. yeah, it's a big opportunity for them and you. You know, as a, <laughs> so, all right, well, let's pivot from the guys, uh, and we're going to turn to the women. Uh, they uh, kick off their season on February the 3rd. Uh, they only have a 14-match season, but you also there have another young team, but you got some some key senior leadership. Uh, you mentioned one earlier, Caitlin, Caitlin Smyrn. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right or not, but uh, she is a, she's a returning uh, all-conference player, uh, so you've got a good blend. You know, you've got someone you can rely on who's a leader on the court. Uh, yeah, what are you looking most forward to with them? Because they got a, they've got some some real ability to do some damage. Yeah, um, I'm just excited to see them play someone beside themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, they go after each other in practices, and I think that's probably been the biggest thing that I've enjoyed with them is – you know, they are so competitive that in practices, if you've ever walked by a women's volleyball practice, and obviously you can't stand inside because of COVID, but like just watching from a doorway, or it, it's loud, um, it's aggressive. They're going to get angry when they miss a ball because the other team gets a point. And just watching them have that 
that aspect and, you know, really going after it. We have some key, and I think the seniors have been challenged a bit because, you know, you bring in 10 incoming, incoming freshmen and one junior college transfer and the, you know, the seniors are like eyes wide and they're like, coach, like, we got to get it to mesh. We got to get, we got goals. Oh, they got to compete so, now. Yeah. They got to compete even more. Right. So I think it was a little bit of a challenge for them at first. And, you know, but I think now they've really found where those, those pieces mesh in with what we needed. Um, and, you know, I think some of our uh, underclassmen and freshmen are really going to be huge for us um, this season. Um, a lot of them are going to get a lot of key starting roles, and I think it's going to be huge. And I, I'm, again, I think we're all really excited to kind of see what happens because they do practice hard. We have added some height. We've added some, some offensive players and some, we're a very scrappy team in practices right now. So, I'm really hoping that translates onto the court. Um, but they're a very competitive team, very, very driven. They know what they're capable of, and they know that um, it's theirs as anyone else's. You know, as as you were talking, and even if you go back to uh, some of what you said about the guys' team, because you have seven sophomores on the men's team, you've got, mm -hmm. as you said, nine freshmen on the women. As a coach, sometimes all it takes is – one awesome freshman class to come in who they don't know any better but they're hungry and yep. it puts everyone else on alert and if they're better this is how I've coached uh, and and voiced it to our current team because we had a pretty amazing freshman class come in for this year and right. the thing is these freshmen that came in this year uh, are better than my seniors were when they were freshmen and yep. so I put him on notice and said, listen, you better be ready for these guys and girls when they come in because they're going to be better than you were at your age back then. And, in fact, they're going to compete with you. And I think when you can raise the level of competition within your own team, that's going to make you more competitive with everyone else. Right. And that's been that's been huge because um, I think at first I don't think the upperclassmen were necessarily expecting it to happen and then in practices it happened and – me being me was like, all right, well, freshman go, senior to go. And then, and then it's like, oh, the competitive drive flip, that flipped back on, the light bulb came back on, and she's like, no, I'm going back over there. <laughs> and so um, that's been really cool to see. And it also pushes them to not be complacent. And I think that's a huge lesson that you learn in, as an athlete. And, you know, when I played, when you, when you d uh, did your thing, like, you know, that's something that you learn. Your competitive light kind of gets dulled a little bit as you get older because you're like, oh, I hurt, I'm a veteran, I've done this. And then it's like, oh, someone pushes you, and you're like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, this is my spot. I got to <laughs> earn it back. So I think that was something that gave them that kind of that light um, to, you know, really open up and be like, no, I'm going all out. And so that's been really cool to see. Well, you just brought up the fact about, you know, your alumni getting reaching out to you and, and they're, you know, they're, they're seeing things out of the teams that, they wanted for themselves back when they were here. And I've had this conversation with Steve Harden a lot about his alumni network. And I think about my own, uh, where I went to school, uh, you know, if you can get your program to a point where your alumni are pumped and excited about the success of the past teams or, or the teams that are, you know, playing now, uh, that says a lot about the program. And that if you can get that momentum going, where you have the support of the alumni and you have the current players fighting to improve the situation because, as you know, each team builds upon the shoulders of those that came before them. How right. important that is for the the success of a program long term. Right. I mean, 
I mean, I think the biggest, right before we went to our first break in first semester, we had someone that was on the Sweet 16 team, um, alumni, come and visit our girls. Um, and she got to like express that experience. And she was like, you know, I played in this gym. Like I didn't even have a locker room when I was here. And like, she was talking about it. She's just so, so funny. And like Miss Rita was still like her athletic trainer. And it was just crazy to hear the stories that she said. And the girls got a lot from it because they were like, we can actually do that. Like we, like that's something that's capable. And she, she, she always talked about when she talked to the girls, I noticed that, you know, it was all or nothing mentality. And that's why they got to that sweet 16 position. Um, so, and I think that was something that was really cool to them. Um, and they also have a lot of younger alumni too, that, you know, visit all the time when they have a chance, they're up here in Banner Elk looking at mountains and revisiting their school. And that's something that's really cool too, that, you know, you can't, you can't get anywhere else in my opinion, you know, who is going to, you know, who's going to go back every opportunity to get to chomp at the bit to go to Lisa McRae and really see, Oh, this is new. Like let's, is the girls team here? We were on break when they visited, but you know, little things like that. I think that's huge. And it, it gives me a peace of mind knowing that, you know, it's not just us. We have a whole background of people that are thriving and um, a background of people that want us to do well. Um, so that's comfort. And sometimes when you don't feel like it, you know, you have those people and that's kind of your, that's your heart and that's your soul. And that's what you play for. Um, and the trophies in the case and, and the legacy and that's what we play for. And that's what we want to be and reminding the girls of that. And I think we're, hopefully we can keep building it and getting in touch with those that haven't reached out in a while but I think we're on the right track so far hopefully <laughs> well the alumni learn that pretty quick when they get out into the so-called real world and they they're no longer here it's funny you tell that story because just yesterday in the cafeteria I was talking to uh, some of our ladies on the cycling team asking them you know uh, I love to pose the question hey what's the good word and it puts them on the spot like, oh, and, and they just will tell something good about the day. And I said, listen, I said, uh, they, and they explained to me what, you know, what was going well today. And, and I said, listen, you know, soak it up. This is the best time of your life because one of these days, five, ten years from now, you're going to wish you were sitting here in the cafeteria. And they kind of <laughs> smiled and laughed like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be looking forward to sitting, you know, wishing I was in the cafeteria. But <laughs> uh, but I said, listen, you're, 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 this is the best time of your life. You know, yeah, you, you, you should always have something good to say about what you're going through, because I promise you five, 10 years from now, you're going to wish you were back here. Yep. I tell my team, both teams all the time. I'm like, I am 28 and I would give anything <laughs> to go back and for my body to be hanging on by a thread to touch a volleyball on a court one more time. I would give anything. Um, so like, I mean, I, I went to a small school, very similar to Lee's McRae, um, at, at Erskine and I, I would do, I would give anything to go back to that town, you know, and to play volleyball. So I, I try to tell them that all the time, you know, soak it in, take it. And, you know, the bad days are going to be very minuscule compared to the great days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, especially as you know, as adult, you, you the stakes get higher. When you leave college, yeah. <laughs> you think this is a big deal now. Wait until you get out and you're working and you've got real obligations and people counting on you. The stakes are higher. Uh, and hopefully, you know, you're better prepared for it because you did invest that time properly here at Lee's McRae. Okay, right. so one final thing. And I've been having this conversation, uh, some on the podcast, some off the podcast. And, and that is, you know, we've all been through a lot the past year. And, uh, and I don't want to put much focus on that or we've all been beat over the head with the, the up and the down of what we're experiencing but 
for you as a coach working with your two teams, it's, yeah, we're coming up on 11 months or so of going through this ordeal, but what is it that you've been most impressed with how your teams have handled this? There's certainly some things with my athletes that, boy, I'm just like, I, I try to put myself in their shoes and how I would have handled this in the prime of my college athletic career. And I'm not so sure I would have handled it as well. And so for you, you know, what have you been most impressed with with your teams and and just maybe athletes in general with what they're having to contend with these days? Um, like you said, I try to put myself in their shoes every day. Um, I think the biggest thing is their resiliency. Um, and honestly, it's their strength, their, their and their passion for each other and what they're doing here. Um, I think the biggest thing in the past, since all this has been going on, I think I've got, I've grown to have, I was already a pretty passionate coach and player and person, but it's just, I get almost emotional about it now because it's like, I want these kids to do so well and I want them to go out and play and win. And that's, that's huge to me. And for them to have the opportunity to have what I had, and it's hard. And I can't imagine them sitting in a dorm, um, not getting that experience with their teammates and I feel for them, but, um, you know, we were grateful for every day. We're grateful that we're here on this mountain, um, that, you know, people don't get, but we get it here. Um, and their resiliency is incredible to me every day and that they listen and they do the right thing and they get the opportunity to compete. And that's all I can ask for. And I'm so grateful to be their coach. Um, I can't ask for a better team. I don't, I don't think I need to say anything else, Caitlin. <laughs> That's pretty. <All> right. aw- <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Well, uh, I agree with you. I agree a hundred percent. Caitlin, thank you for being on Inside the Den, sharing those stories about the men and women volleyball teams. I wish you all the best. We'll have you back later on during the season to uh, to tell even better stories. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me and good luck to everybody. And, you know, Lee's McCray is going to be on top this year. Yep. Go Bobcats. Go Bobcats. To listen to this episode again or to find previous episodes, go to our website, lmcbobcats.com. Or find us on SoundCloud by searching Lee's McCray Athletics. And as always, go Bobcats.